Welcome to the Underground Podcast, the student ministry of Riverside Community Church. We are happy to have you listening in this week. How are you guys? Good? All right, I'm having a little issue bringing up my message here, so you better start praying. Um, So first of all, I need to share a couple of announcements with you guys. This Sunday, as Michael talked about last week, um, did you talk about baptism last week? Was it last week? Yeah. He talked about baptism. And we have a lot of you guys that are getting baptized this Sunday. So we really want to invite all of you to come out. We want a big crowd cheering everyone on on Sunday. And then also I need to share with you that the t-shirts would like, someone like to stand up and model if you have it on? Joy. The t-shirts are back there. And they are $10 just for tonight special. So if you'd like one of those. I'm supposed to let you know that. How are you guys doing? Good. Okay, so we got to pray that this message comes up on my iPad here. This is why I had the handy-dandy note cards that Michael made fun of for moments like this when it doesn't come up on here. Okay, so I'm going to pray right now. That's what I need to do. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for each and every student that's here tonight, God. And I pray that um, you would speak through me tonight, God, that I would say what you would have me to say tonight and that um, everything that comes out of my mouth will be only from you, God. And I pray that whatever they're meant to hear tonight, that that would drop into their heart and into their minds, God. Um, Wow. That they will continue on through their week thinking of what you have shared with them tonight, God. I pray that you'll be with us the rest of the service because it feels like we're going to need it. In your name, amen. All right, I think I got it. (laughs) All right, okay. All right, tonight I'm going to share with you, I'm going to kind of take you on a little bit of a journey. I was telling Sarah before the service at dinner, I'm like, well, the beginning of my message doesn't really... I mean, the end of my message is way different than the beginning of my message, but it all kind of is a journey that we're going to go on together tonight. Is that cool? All right. So as you know, we've been talking about man of the woods, Jesus that always retreated into the wilderness, or he always secluded himself to be alone and to pray. And I'm going to touch on um, when he felt led by the spirit to go into the wilderness, and he was actually tempted in the wilderness by the devil. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that tonight. So if you have your Bibles under your chairs, or you could share or bring it up on your YouVersion app, um, we're going to go into Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. It's going to come up on there too. Now, you have to realize, as we're going into this scripture, that it's right after Jesus had fasted, which means no food, no drink, for 40 days and 40 nights. So this is right after this had happened. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter, the devil, came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, please tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. 
If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. Jesus said, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up. Actually, Satan said that. He, he commanded his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will just bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. Now, you may not get all that, but we're going to go back to it. But. There's a couple things I want to focus on tonight out of this passage of scripture. And number one, as I said, Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And the devil came to tempt him. He tempted Jesus when he was most vulnerable and with what he craved the most. You know, I know there's a lot of people in here tonight that crave a lot of things in our lives. And we all crave different things in our lives. Because of the things that we've gone through or um, the life we've been handed maybe. Or just in our own sinful nature. We crave success. We crave to be noticed in the world of social media and Instagram and Snapchat. And comparing ourselves to everyone. We talk about that a lot. And um, we're always wanting to be noticed. We're always wanting popularity. We're wanting to be something that we crave or we want something that we crave and you know the most I think that we all can relate to and the one thing that we all know that we crave the most and we're going to talk about it in here probably every time we get up here like I've said we will touch on things over and over and over until you get it and I think the one thing that we crave the most all of us is unconditional love you know, there's a Greek word in the Bible that's used a lot with love, and it's called agape. And you can write this stuff down. It's A-G-A-P-E if you want to write that word down. It's agape love. It's the highest form of love. It's the one that we all crave the most. And it's a steady flowing of God's love in and through us. It's agape love. It's unconditional. It's always making us feel like we're full, if you, if you want to put it in terms like that. It always makes us feel like we don't need anything else because that unconditional love is filling that gap in our lives. And I think we all crave that in our lives. And I want to touch on a little bit of this. this is kind of off to the side. But I think some of the stuff I've been hearing going on and things I watch on you guys' um, social media... We're going to get down to some business and we're going to deal with some of this stuff that I see. And I believe that we crave this agape love. It's a pure love. But I believe there's also two other kinds of love. There are two other kinds of love that are also Greek. And it's eros and erotas. I don't know how to say it. It's E-R-O-T-A-S. Erotas? Erotas? I don't know. Anyway. But eros love is a sexual love. Eratus love is an intimate love, which we crave those also. But the agape love that I talked about first, that's the one. That's the one that's going to fulfill us the most. That's the one that's going to come in and through us and make us feel like we don't need to crave the other forms of love. Now, let me put this as a side note. 
If you can get a grip of the agape love, God's love, the inflowing of his love through you, in and through you, it doesn't just come in you, it should go out of you also. Once you experience that, and you get a relationship with God in a way that you never have before, the eros and the erotis love will come later when it's time. It'll come at the most perfect time in your life because there is a need for that love too, but in the right kind of boundaries. And I see so many of you craving that other kind of love that's never going to sustain you. It's temporary. It's going to sustain you in the moment, but it's not going to sustain you for a long period of time. Agape love, the steady stream of love, the one that flows in and out. If we allow it, it's unconditional and it fulfills the craving that we have. You know, when Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness and he said to him, because he was hungry, remember, and I just said, we crave those kind of things too. And he said, you can just turn those stones into bread. You can just right now say, become bread. I don't know. He turned water into wine, so I don't know how he would do it, but But this is what Jesus said, because Satan was right. He could have. He could have easily fulfilled that craving in his life at that point. But he didn't follow the command of Satan. He He followed the command of the Father. And so this is what he says. It is written, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. He didn't give in to what Satan said to him. But he came back with him with what God said to him you see when it says it is written that means it was already written in scriptures before that means God had already said it it was already done and Jesus has already said you won't live by bread alone but every word that comes out of the mouth of God you see when we're in those moments when Satan comes in and says you know no one does love you you won't ever feel that unconditional love she's talking about you won't ever you just keep going after the other kinds of love that's fine You'll never have that kind of love. No one will ever love you because of what you've done or who you are. You'll never amount to anything. You should just have sex with them because no one loves you anyway. And it's just sex, right? You should go ahead and have that unhealthy relationship that will only lead to destruction. It'll make you feel good. You should go ahead and tell that story that is a complete lie to get the attention you need. Because maybe then they'll see you. Maybe then they'll notice you. You see, he comes in and he tries to fulfill these cravings that we have for popularity and those cravings we have to be noticed and to be seen and to be loved. And by the way, side note, (laughs) I probably should have said this. My title of my message tonight is Say Something. It's one of the songs on Timberlake's album, but um, I'm not doing anything from the song but the title. So that's what we're talking about tonight, saying something. And that's what Jesus did. You see, when Satan came to him, he said something. He said, it is written. It doesn't matter what you say, Satan, because it's already been written that that's not the case. And I think when we come or he comes in with those lies, because that's what they are. How are you going to respond? How are you going to respond? Because anything that is said in your mind, anything that is said to you that contradicts anything that Jesus would say is a lie. It's a lie. And this is how 
I believe that we're supposed to combat the devil. We say it is written because everything in this book right here, everything that you need for life is right here. It's already written. What he says about you is already written in here. So we say something. We say it is written. Ephesians 1, 4, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. In 1 John 4, 10, this is real love. Not that we love God, but he loved us. Psalm 63, 3, your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. On and on and on. I had to sit and sift through verses to find just a few to say. Because there's so many verses about how much he loves you and how much he wants to fulfill that craving within your life when Satan comes in and tempts you with those lies. When the lies come in, you say, not today, devil. It is written. It's written. You know, another thing um, I believe in this passage we can get, I skipped over one of the verses and went down to another I wasn't sure on time, but I want to touch on something at the end that I think is going to kind of wrap all this back together. The second thing is I believe that we can learn of Jesus in the wilderness as he was tempted was that he tempted Jesus with empty promises. Next, the devil took him. This is eight through 11. We had it up there earlier. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. I will give it all to you. He said, if you kneel down and worship me, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For it is written, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. You see, what Satan didn't, already, <laughs> didn't know at this point is that everything he showed him was already his. It's already his. So he was giving him empty promises because Jesus already knew that it was written that he had a plan and God had a plan for Jesus. At this point, Jesus hadn't done any ministry. This was right before he had done his ministry. So Jesus knew that God had a plan and that that would be the promise, but he was given empty promises. It wasn't what God had said. It was what Satan was saying. You know, I uh, did the program ACE Teams. I've talked about it before. <laughs> and you remember the ACE team that had been with us? And I did it now 20 years ago, almost. Very old. Um, but during that time, I set aside a year to serve God. A time that I feel was my wilderness. But you see, as much as I was serving the Lord during that time, it was a wilderness for me because he was teaching me so much about myself. But during that time, he would tempt me with things that I would crave just as a young girl. And um, one of those was a relationship that I had um, that I've talked about in the girls retreat a little bit. I was with this guy for a while and it distracted me so much from what God had for me that year. And I remember I was set to come back on ACE teams for a second year as a leader. I was coming back as a leader and... Um, the last month, my dad calls me very angry with me. <laughs> there was a girl on my team. And back then, you see, we didn't have Facebook or email or phones. We had maybe email here and it was just coming around. We had letters that we wrote, 
kind of what Joe was talking about. Um, but you see, the guy I was with was in Australia doing ace teams. And a girl that was on my team, her mom gave her a phone card. Do you know what a phone card is? Okay. A phone card is you put in this number, and then it charges the card when you make the phone call. So she had one, and I was like, oh, yeah, we'll pay back. I mean, I'm calling Australia on a phone card, which is 20 times a normal landline, okay? So my dad calls me, and he says, um, you can forget about ace teams next year. You're not going back as a leader. And I was like, oh, excuse me? He's like, you have a $600 bill that you need to pay off to your friend Heather who has a phone card because you've been calling Australia on her phone card. $600, which at that time for me who was broke and 19 was a lot of money. And he said, until you can learn responsibility, you're not going to be a leader. And that's a simple story to say that the temptation of that the temptation to talk to him, to be close with him, that boy who is no longer anywhere in my life, the temptation to be close to him led to a different destiny than I thought. I had a consequence of that. Empty promises. You know, that I thought, well, I'm going to marry him, so I need to, you know, stay in contact. We got to have a relationship if we're going to get married. It was all of these false promises. Just a simple story to say, he will tempt you with the most ridiculous, empty things that will never last. He will tempt you with some of the obvious things, the drinking and the drugs, the lie that it's going to take away the pain. It might for a moment. It'll numb them, but it's temporary pain that can lead to destruction relationships, as I said earlier, and my own life as well. The lie that now you'll feel loved, no matter who it is or how destructive or unhealthy the relationship is, as long as they love you, it's fine. Lies, empty promises. Other things can creep in. And other things can become your God. You see, it says, bow down and worship me, and then you'll have all this, right? So things take the place. It says you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So when we start letting these things come into our life, we're kind of putting him or these things ahead of him. They're becoming our God. The empty promise that they're going to do something that he can't do. It's an empty promise and it's a lie. The things like comparison on social media, cyberbullying. And let me just say this. Just because you're behind a screen does not make it okay. I've seen some of the things that people have said to each other in this room that really can bring me to tears to think about. That's a side note. The arrogance, the anger, the comparison, our thought life. You see, these things creep in and they become our gods. They become the empty promise. 
They become bigger than what God says and what he thinks about you. Because remember, it's already written what he says about you. So what do we do with these empty promises that come our way? When he's tempting you with those things that are above him or those things that you think are going to fulfill you above him, we're going to say, it is written. And as Jesus said in Matthew 4.10, get out of here, Satan. For the scriptures say, for it is written, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You know, I, I touched a lot on things that come our way, the things that we're dealing with in our own life. And we talk about that a lot, the darkness that we're going through, the drama that we're going through. And we touch on that a lot. And I think there's a need for that and we will continue to do that. But sometimes I think we get away from thinking about others when we're focusing so much on ourselves and the things that we're going through. And, you know, as I prayed about this message, I felt when it was talking about say something, you know, I kind of hate it when um, God gives me something that kind of is hard for me to speak because I maybe have gone through it myself recently or I've dealt with it for years myself. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this, and I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping in here at the end of my message here with some of the stuff that, like I said earlier, I've seen going on. And I prayed and really felt God say a few things to me. I believe that it's so important, as I said, to speak scripture over your life. And I'm going to talk more about that later and what I've been doing in my own life. Because like I said, this has been something that God has really, really gotten a grip on me. But you know, I've heard a lot of garbage going on in this youth group in the past eight months that we've been here. A lot of things that have been said to each other, about each other, things that Jesus would never say over people, we're saying over people. And I'm not excluding myself over that. But I think that God is challenging us to be a group that can rise up and be a person in someone's life that you want in your life. What do I mean by that? If you desire to have someone love you, or if you desire to have someone be an unconditional friend to you, if you desire someone to talk to you on a Wednesday night, if you desire somebody to be that friend in your life, go and be that person to somebody else. You know, I was laughing this, this week because I can get up here and speak. I've gotten up and spoken at the Bloom Conference. I've spoken at women's conferences. I'm very hyper around my family and very loud. I'm taming down in my older age. But, um, but when it comes to like meet and greets or the Christian mingle or um, the chamber of commerce meeting that Michael drags me to. It's the most awkward anxiety filled thing for my life. I can't get hives thinking about it. And we just, we just went um, to one of these events last week and I'm like, I'm going to be that councilman's wife. I'm going to, you know, look the part. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to talk about like things that they like to talk about, which I don't even know, but I'm going to pretend I know. And 
I had embarrassing story after embarrassing story, but I'll share this one because anyway. So I'm sitting there eating these delicate little chicken salad sandwiches, talking to the superintendent of Pekin High School, whose son is friends with Liam. (laughs) Okay, best friends with Liam. I'm like, seriously, of all the kids you pick, the superintendent's son. But okay, so she comes and sits with us. We're trying to have these pleasantries. We don't know them very well. Chicken salad sandwich, drop it, white striped shirt, but not only drop it, catch it like this at the table. The table's like wobbly. There's something wrong with it too. So I'm like trying to, so the table's like going like this and I've got this sandwich and then I like pull it away. So then the whole time I'm like trying to, it was awful. And I was, it was the most horrifying thing ever. So, so awkward. And I was trying so hard because in those meetings, in those things that he always used to take me to, I was the one that sat in the corner and he'd always say, could you at least smile? You look like you're mad. Like I drug you here. I'm like, well, you did, but okay. I look mad all the time. Okay. He says that to me all the time. I try to walk into church now like this. So you see me at church, I'm going to be like this all the time because I apparently look mad all the time. (laughs) What am I even trying to say? Okay, so what I'm saying is there's those awkward moments. But I'd rather it be awkward and show Jesus than not do it at all. Because I've been that person that ignores them and then they're like, oh, she hates me. She doesn't even like me. She just walks right by me. And I may do that and I apologize, but but it's not intentional at all. So I'm going to be smiling all around here too just to make sure you guys like me. (laughs) I'm so sorry that went way rabbit trail way rabbit trail but what I'm trying to say is I want this place to be an atmosphere of encouragement I want this place to be somewhere where people want to be because it's so friendly that we're not going to judge people now there's a time for calling out but that's not for you to do that's for leaders to do by the way it's not for you to call them out on social media we see it And we address it. You don't need to. But there is a time when we need to come around people no matter what they're going through. And you need to love on them because you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they're going through. Last week, Peyton came up here. And um, she shared her heart. She was back there with me, and she goes, my heart's beating, and I just feel like I'm so, you know. And I said, then go say it. Go say it. And I'm sure she can testify that there was plenty of people that came up to her afterwards and said, I've been there. Thank you for sharing that. That meant so much to me. It was so encouraging. She got to pray with people because she opened her mouth and said something that she was going through that helped others and what they were going through. What if the hi or the how are you or even just the hug or the smile from across the room is something that person needed just to get them through that day? What if you were the one that got them through that day? There is some stuff going on in this room and in this group that is some very tough stuff. And Michael's going to talk a lot about that next week. So you don't know what your hi can do to somebody or your smile can do to somebody. 
We need to be careful what we speak over people. We need to speak life over people and not death over people. What do I mean by that? We're going to look at that scripture in a minute. But when I say speak death over people, you can speak a literal death over people because some people think it's quite humorous to say stupid stuff like that. But I'm talking about death of character, degrading who they are or who God has called them to be. Talking about them. Saying things that Jesus would never say over their life. That's bringing death into their life, whether you think it or not. We need to be speaking life into people. We need to be speaking life into people's dreams. You know, I made up some cards for you guys. There's two things you're going to have today. And this is one of them. You know, like I said, uh, God has really been challenging me with my mouth. And to start speaking life over my own life. You see, I read the Bible every day. I read and I read and I read, but I wasn't retaining the things I was reading sometimes. Sometimes like, what, what was that? Oh, there was that one. And, and so I remember back in the old days, back in England, in my little Sunday school class, every week we would memorize a verse. And some of those verses I still remember, and I can still speak them over my life in certain times of my life. And so the past month or so, every week, I've been writing a verse in my journal as big as I can. And that's the verse that I meditate on all week. I soak it in every day. I still read the Bible every day, but I soak that verse in every day. And things are starting to become my mindset. Like, be strong and be courageous. It doesn't matter what other people think of you because of that, what he says about you. And so tonight, I'm giving you guys a memory verse. The old school, if you're in reaction, you're getting a memory verse. Because if you can come back next week, there might be a prize. I'm just saying, if you know this. If you know this, okay? But here's the thing. Speaking this over your life, you'll remember it. This is the verse I want you guys to memorize this week. Just what I talked about. The tongue can bring life or death. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Proverbs 18:21. Good or bad, you're going to reap the consequences. The tongue can bring life or death, but those who talk or love to talk will reap the consequences. You know, this has been a long lesson for me to learn. And let's face it, I love to talk, not in those weird settings, but I do love to talk. I am a hairdresser. I talk all day. It's my, what I do. But it's also been a struggle for me to say the right things and be the right people to some people. And to speak life over people instead of death sometimes. And you know, and I've suffered many consequences of my mouth. I've lost relationships because of my mouth. Even to this day, consequences of my mouth. But I beg you to memorize this stuff and get it in you. Start speaking life over your own life and then only life will come out of you. You know, I was challenged by something I read a few months ago. And it said, are you a here I am person 
or a there you are person? Meaning, are you the person that stands here with your friends and says, oh, we're over here. If you want to come over, you can. Or are you the person that says, hey, there you are. There you are. Come on, come on over. Come and hang with us. Come and sit with us. And I was so challenged by that because my natural personality does not say, oh, hey, there you are. I wait for people to come to me. But what if we all became those there you are people? Where we say, there you are. I see you. I see you. We kind of went a different route here, and this is why. The beginning of my message was all about those things that come in, those lies that come into us. And those things that we allow to be spoken over our lives by Satan or people. Things that God has never said about us and things that he would never think about us. But at the end here, I'm trying to take the focus off of us a little bit and start putting it on other people. Maybe if we took the focus off of our own needs a little bit and put them on the people around us, maybe it would fulfill some of that craving that we have. Like I said before, Jesus was in the wilderness and right after this, he started his ministry. And Jesus was a there you are person. There you are. He went to the people. And Jesus said something when it was necessary to say it. He used words to remove the evil out of people's lives and speak life into them. He always used words to uplift people, bless them and heal them. Let's be like him, people. Let's be like him. He was in the wilderness. He was tempted by the devil. And then he started his ministry. Some of this stuff that you're going through right now, it's your wilderness. And who knows how long you're going to be in there? Who knows how long you're going to be in there? You know what? It took a lot of years for me to get up on a platform like this because I had to deal with some of that wilderness stuff. I had to deal with some of those lies that the devil always put in my life over and over and over again, saying I wasn't going to make it in ministry. I had depression. I had anxiety. I had insecurities. I was a woman. I couldn't be used by God. Those lies that the devil had put in my life over and over and over. And I had to say no to it. And I had to step in out of the wilderness into what God had called me to do. You can choose how long your wilderness is. It could be shorter or longer. Jesus came out of the wilderness and started ministering to the people. You know, he wasn't even, he was, or he was 30 years old before he started his ministry. 30 years old. God was preparing him for the ministry plan. You see, God's preparing you what he has prepared for you. You guys all have a purpose and a destiny in this room. And he's preparing you for that now. So what I'm going to have you do is they sing this last song. I want you to come up here and I want you to grab a memory verse card. And I want you to take it with you this week. And I want you to speak that over your life. I want you to start speaking life into yourself. So you're going to take that one. That's the one with the man of the woods on the top of it and the verses on the other side. But then there's also note cards up here that we're going to do during this song. And you're going to write 
something encouraging and uplifting to somebody. Maybe somebody you don't like, but you're going to find the good in them. In the Bible, it says to find the gold in people. There's in, it's in there. Some you have to dig a little deeper to find it, but it's in there. And I want you to encourage somebody. It doesn't have to be in this room. It can be in your own house. But you're going to write letters to people. And I want these to start going around. I want this to be something you do all the time. Get note cards at Target. They're a dollar for a packet, girls, the cute ones. Boys, you can get plain ones in another section. But get some note cards and start writing encouraging things to people. Don't just send them a text. Send them a card, something they have that they can stick in their Bible or they can put up in their room that's going to say, you know what? That made me feel great. I'm going to do it to somebody else. What if we started encouraging and speaking life and not death over people in this room? What if we become a place where people want to be because we're so encouraging and uplifting and we love on each other like never before? Let's start speaking life into each other. So as we sing this song, come get your memory verse cards. And you can go ahead and stay up here and write your um, cards. And then when you're done, you can finish worshiping. But if you want to give them their card tonight, you can. If it's at home or wherever, you can take it with you. But then I'll come back up and close. Let me just pray real quick. Father, I thank you so much for each and every life in this room. God, I pray life over each and every student, God. I pray that they would know that they have purpose and they have destiny and that they don't have empty promises with you because it is written that they are chosen and they are loved by you, God. We love because you first loved us, God. I pray that as they go into this week, that they would start seeing people differently, that they would start seeing the good in people, that they would start seeing life in people instead of death in people, God. I pray that their smile, that their high, that their how are you, that their hug would change people's lives this week. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. To keep up to date with Underground students, follow us on our socials at UndergroundPIA.